LaMelo Ball goes for a career-high 38 points, but the Hornets still lose. We'll talk about it today on the Locked On Hornets podcast. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and we're available on all platforms. You can listen anywhere you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, you get the picture by now, and you can even watch us on YouTube, pinned on Twitter, at Lockdown Hornets. You can go to YouTube, click on, and search for Lockdown Hornets, where you will find that we have hit the 1,000 subscriber mark, and, be- <laughs> and because of that, we are going to have to paint our face because of something that Doug created a while back, and we reached 500 pretty quickly. And then we reached 1,000 pretty quickly. I thought it would be a couple of days when I looked at it at the beginning of the week. And then I saw, I think you put, Lockdown Hornets put it up there. And then it was David who retweeted it. And that's how I found out two minutes before I hop on the show that, yep, it's time. It's time to do it. We don't know when, but the time has come for at least uh, to have the conversation. Well, yeah, we well, we have to step one is buy the face paint. We've got to buy the teal. I'm going to go teal if you want to go purple because I've got the purple background. So teal will look much better on the purple. You okay. can go purple because I see a little teal in your background. So we'll just kind of do alternating colors. So that's, I almost want to go pinstripes. I want to kind of take it back to the throwback purple jersey. Can I just okay. go? Is okay. that okay? Listen, you look, do that's what, more intricate. Well, you do what you want to do. But I'm going to go. I'm just saying I'm going to go teal. So don't go full teal. I don't want to go double teal. You're going. Per- yeah. Okay. You're going. You're going teal i'm I'm going going teal gotcha Gotcha. okay we've got that figured out the second thing is when is it going to happen i've got to go out to los angeles for uh the super bowl uh for radio (laughs) row for for locked on perfect time to do it all right so we figured that out let's dive into the celtics game i can't explain (laughs) that uh to the various uh parties involved in that in that big production um so by the way subscribe to locked on nfl we're gonna be doing a lot of covers of the super bowl you know Bengals, rams you get it they're gonna paint their Um, face too they may, but I can't. So when I, when I come back, so after the Super Bowl, uh, that Tuesday, I think, we'll do it. So mark your calendars. Tuesday, February, whatever it is. Well, now, hold on. You don't know what kind of – you can't just come in here and say, this is the day, this is the schedule that it works for me. I might have to go to a press conference on Tuesday, and I can't go around here with my face painted. I, I don't know if I'm going to go to, like, Charlotte. I don't know if I'm going to go to the Spectrum Center. I don't know what's going on, but I can't just show up and take notes <laughs> with my with pinstripes on my face. I think Borrego would appreciate it, honestly. I think, honestly, he might. James Borrego, he'll play with you in pressers. Oh, my! Fun. Yeah, he will. All right, well, we'll figure it out. I guess Doug is deeming it the Tuesday when he comes back from the Super Bowl trip, which is going to be cool, by the way. Uh, we need to figure out. I want to do something like Doug in L.A. I want you to go out in the field or yeah, something I mean, I'll like still that. Be, I'll still be doing this show next week. I'll just be doing it from the Locked On house in Los Angeles. The house that Locked On built. Awesome. So go check that out. Got a bunch of great NFL coverage coming at you for Super Bowl week coming up next week. Again, subscribe to everything. We appreciate you subscribing to us and hitting the 1,000 mark. Let's talk about LaMelo Ball, Doug, because he was the big-time bright spot in this one. It's not Mm -hmm. like – I thought this was an ugly game, but it wasn't the worst that we've ever seen. Just a lot of sloppy things going on. 16 turnovers for Charlotte. 
18 turnovers for Boston. There was the one awful stretch where or there was the one like kind of it, it, it seemed like the, the clown music was playing in the background where you had both teams turning it over three times in a row. LaMelo Ball was very good, though. Career high, 38 points. Crazy. Nine assists, six rebounds, 12 of 24 from the field. Four of ten from the perimeter. So the deep ball was going for LaMelo, thank God, because it was not going in for him a lot in the last month of the season or so. And then ten of thirteen from the line. He like Doug, he had it all in this one, man. So he was dishing at a high rate, scoring at a high rate, also getting to the line. The aggression was not compromised while he was also facilitating at a high level, dishing out nine assists, two steals, only three turnovers in the 40 minutes that he played. I mean, look, I'm sure there's some individual plays. If you wanted to take out the magnifying glass and try to find where he messed up, you know, we can talk about some of those if you want to. But like I this was a phenomenal game from LaMelo. And you look at the box score. That is a pretty, pretty stat line that he put up. And I, and I think going back to Borrego's comments uh, earlier this week that we played on the show, you know, I think LaMelo really understood pretty early on in this game that he was going to have to be aggressive and going to have to put up offense. Miles was struggling a little bit with his shot. Kelly Oubre was struggling in his return back to the back to the court. And so LaMelo took the ball, put it in his hands, and said, all right, I'm going to go get us a bucket. He has no problem getting by his defender at this point. The floater is locked in. There were five blocks in this game by by the Celtics. And uh, so, you know, they, they had no problem blocking shots but they had a problem blocking LaMelo's shots because he was doing a fantastic job there. Uh, only three turnovers for LaMelo. One of them was that weird traveling call in the first quarter. Very that weird. I didn't, yeah. I didn't think was a travel. Um, I, I don't it was, really... It, well, he, I think he had his foot on the ground. He did one of the... He did a pump ah. fake deep and then had his foot on the ground, and then ah. the ref said that it wasn't, I think, and then called it late. And then he also kind of did like this pro hop. He pressed the triangle button in NBA Live, and it took away a basket. <laughs> You know, Miles Bridges had a, a basket taken away from that. So, you know, at the end, pretty big. They play. just don't. They look, he, you know, LaMelo Ball is not from here. Okay. As he says, uh, by the way, got the LaMelo Buzz City uh, shoes. They're on the way. I think they'll be here Saturday. You got them? Uh, oh, that's I sweet. Got that's, I got them. Uh, so had sweet. to. Had to. They look great. Uh, but so I don't think, you know, refs haven't really fully figured out what LaMelo Ball is all about. They'll catch up. Don't worry. Um, but LaMelo was fantastic in this one. Loved it. Loved his offense. Uh, you know, nine nine assists, six rebounds. This was the perfect LaMelo game. I think, I think this is the kind of game that we will see more consistently in year three, and we'll take him from being the fifth uh, voted guard in the East into the top tier, possibly yeah. starting the All-Star game it next was, season. It was a really good game from him. I mean, he was something special in this the one. The dipsy do layup early in the game where he Oh I mean, yeah. Whew. I thought I thought it was gonna be bad. That well that well so yes, there was the one bad missed layup, I guess, in this one, and it came early on. I was like, Oh no, this is gonna be another bad finishing at the rim night for LaMelo. He did hit his first three, and so mm -hmm. I thought that might bode well, and it eventually did. But really if if that was like the only bad play I can remember. There was the bad missed layup where he tries to, you know, go. He brings it around one hand, doesn't control it, finger roll, just didn't have a shot. But other than that, I mean, LaMelo, 
I mean, was awesome. And this one. So we could talk more LaMelo. Let's get to Miles, who didn't have a great game. And also the late game execution or lack thereof. We'll discuss all of that coming up in just a moment. Not before I mention Bet Online. They have you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the playoffs. Right to the big game in just not even a couple weeks now. We're talking about next week, and Doug's going to be out there. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just football either. BetOnline has up to the minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live real-time updates of current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Bet online where the game starts. Also want to send you a message from Camp Lejeune for listeners who served in or worked for the United States Marine Corps or have family or friends who might have. I wanted to notify you of an available resource. From 1953 to 1987, personnel assigned to Marine Corps Base Camp Lejeune were potentially exposed to contaminated drinking water. The Marine Corps has since partnered with health agencies to conduct scientific studies to assess impacts from these potential exposures, and they are working to keep those Marines their families, and civilian employees informed with updates and resources available to them. If you or someone you know may have been at Camp Lejeune during those years, please consider registering with the Camp Lejeune Historic Drinking Water Notification Database. You can learn more and register at www.marines.mil/clwater. That's www.marines.mil slash clwater. Also, one other thing I want to continue to promote here on the Locked On Podcast Network, make sure you are checking out the Trade Deadline Show. That's going to be coming up February 10th. We're talking about a week's time now. Thanks for making Locked On Hornets your first listen, but the NBA trade deadline is Thursday, February 10th at 3 p.m., and the Locked On NBA podcast will be covering it live from 2 to 4 p.m., so you can join Kim Becker, John Corrales, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to get analysis of every blockbuster move. Subscribe to Locked On NBA YouTube and turn your notifications on so you know when they go live. Late game execution. How bad, how good was it? We talk about that next on the Locked On Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. And, and listen, as long as you play James Booknight, a win will always be inside. Thanks for making Locked On Hornets your first listen every day. Right? We are free and available. He'll, he'll, on, they'll show some fight. All your, on all your platforms. Now make your second listen, Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling <laughs> It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. All right, Doug, this one went down to the wire, and there were about four, maybe five possessions that you can look at for Charlotte, and eventually they would lose 113 to 107. Charlotte would actually outscore Boston 29 to 25 in the fourth quarter. But there were a couple of possessions we can look at. Let's go to, I guess, the last couple of shots that did not go in in the most critical time. P.J. Washington, the blocked three by Robert Williams, and LaMelo Ball going to his left off of an out-of-bounds play and just throwing up a three that didn't have a shot to go in. So which one let, – let's start with P.J.'s first because mm-hmm. that happened That happened first. When I, when I watched that in real time, I thought that was an, a, a made-up play from P.J. where he just had it in his mind – I'm going to shoot this coming off of the screen. 
that he set in a pick and pop scenario. Lamelo hits him, and I thought it was just like, why, why can't you control the ball a little more and then decide to take Robert Williams off the dribble? You didn't have to shoot that like you did. And then watching that back, <laughs> Robert just makes an excellent play. PJ had some space to work with. I didn't think LaMelo hit him late. I think he hit him in stride. I think he hit him pretty much as soon as he was coming up ready to shoot. And honestly, like if PJ takes that off the dribble, great. But just tip of the cap to Robert Williams for doing an excellent job of defending out there outside. No, it was a really nice play design, I thought, because you have P.J. Washington setting the back screen for Rozier. Rozier cuts down and tries to do a little rub screen on um, P.J.'s man, Robert Williams, and actually makes some contact. Robert Williams has to adjust. He just took these like monstrous Giannis steps that I don't think that P.J. was was quite ready for. And there was a play earlier in the game when PJ, when the ball found its way to PJ and PJ pulled up very quickly, had his mind set on shooting the basketball. It was a contested three and he knocked it down. So it's not as if PJ is incapable of pulling up quickly and knocking down a three point shot. Um, so I was surprised when Robert, Robert Williams got to the spot. I think PJ was as well. I'm not going to crush PJ for this. Had PJ had that recognition of, oh, wait, Robert Williams has the ability to, to step out and make this block, so I'm going to pump fake here and look for something else, I would have lauded him for his yeah. awareness. It would have been an incredible, I think, amount of awareness to make that next sort of next-level play. But I'm not going to crush PJ for not making that. I don't expect him to. I expect him to rise up and knock that down. And and Robert Williams made the better play. Yeah, I I was uh, watching that back. You have to be impressed with Robert just getting to PJ Washington. I'd love to have a Robert did. Williams. I'd love to have a player well, that could. I mean, it, it is poetic, right? That the Hornets yeah, were beaten yeah. at the end of the fourth quarter by a defensive-minded center. Something the Hornets desperately need on their roster. Yeah. What was it? Eight points, eight rebounds, three blocks, three steals for Robert Williams in this game I mean he was very good doing had it a, in the box score by the way yeah two steals for Robert Williams he had three assists and three blocks those were where the threes came in for him um LaMelo Ball you know they coming in last shot attempt to try to I believe tie this game up or maybe bring it within one something like that um LaMelo Ball comes in gets the basketball immediately turns around going to his left pretty far away from the basket throw something up, good defense from Jalen Brown. That is one where LaMelo had it in his mind. I'm going to shoot this thing as soon as I catch it. And I thought there could have been a better decision there. Again, LaMelo was incredible, right? LaMelo was the only reason that they were here. Terry hit a big shot late. We'll get to some of his other possessions at the end of the game. Like, I don't want this to be an indictment on LaMelo, who I just praise for having just a sick stat line. This was a shot where you didn't have to hoist that thing up the way you did. Maybe take another dribble, but you had it in your mind. Jalen Brown had great defense, and that shot didn't really have a prayer. Yeah, so 111-107 was the score, 15 seconds to go. Um, certainly could have gotten a better look at that point, but the way everyone was standing around, it did seem like that play was for LaMelo and for LaMelo only. Uh, LaMelo Ball has actually struggled this year a lot with going to shooting to his left, like his three point shooting numbers, even in the corner, even in the left corner are significantly worse than when he goes right. And, and so they had to inbound from the left um, there, you know, maybe there could be some recognition moving forward that, Hey, if we're, we're inbounding on that side, we need to work something, you know, work some kind of action to get LaMelo going back. Right. Um, you know, or you know, LaMelo works on it in the off season, improves his ability to hit jump shots to his left. 
Uh, so just something to continue to watch for. I mean, there were several plays uh, down the stretch, at, especially on the defensive end, where the Hornets got caught fouling, reaching. Uh, Borrego mm-hmm. talked about it at the end of the game. Discipline, you know, having to work on that defensive discipline not to reach. Uh, I know I, I really want to talk about Kelly Oubre, who I thought defensively uh, had multiple blocks, multiple steals in this game, was a difference maker in the second quarter in a game of runs where Boston would consistently get up big numbers and then the Hornets would fight their way back. Kelly Oubre was a big part of that. But at the end of the game, Kelly Oubre against Marcus Smart, he goes for this big reach, uh, you know, 30-plus feet away from the basket. And Marcus Smart is just too good offensively to do that against. He took advantage of Kelly Oubre and got the foul, got to the line for bonus free throws. You know, those are the kind of plays when you're a close game against a team where you're evenly matched that the team with the more discipline is going to win, and that was Boston last night. Well, and Marcus Smart, by the way, you know, Great game. It was a great game. <laughs> Del Curry said it might have been the best game that he's played so far this season. If you look at his point total, uh, he had 24 against Phoenix on the very last day of December. He had 21 against Toronto. He had put up some decent numbers early on, but this is one of his higher scoring games. And you look at his free throw percentage, you know, it's actually 79% on the year. And so I think that might be better than what he shot in years past, but he hit every single one of the uh, free throw attempts he had last night. He had six of them, and including at the end of the game where LaMelo Ball decides to foul him. Um, James Brago might have called for that too, right? Uh, I didn't see the communication on the sideline. Didn't go back and check it. I, did, like, I didn't, but I don't know oh, yeah. if you – I don't know if you – I don't. I, I didn't see where they called for the foul or not. I don't think he did But if because it didn't look like – it didn't look like LaMelo was trying to foul. He was trying to get the steal, and they called the reach. But – I don't, and I don't know if a foul was necessarily the best call in that situation because you would have had a timeout left. Uh, it, it, the game would have been in reach, and you uh, would have had about two to three seconds left on the clock. So, uh, if they if they did call for the foul there, then I think that was the bad. That was a bad call. I see. I think you. I think you do it. I, I think if there's what was it like two and a half, three seconds difference between the shot clock and the game clock. I don't think that there's enough time there for you to if if they throw something up with I don't know two seconds left on the shot clock you're talking about a rebound being had and then immediately having to call the timeout and at that point there very well could be a second left especially if it's a high bouncing rebound I thought you had to save the time I didn't mind the decision to foul if that was what was indeed called by Borrego whether that was instinctive by Lamelo saying hey look, this is the difference. I don't feel comfortable about the amount of time left that could be there at the end. I actually kind of like that play. I think I'm doing the same thing. Well, you know, Walker, that just comes down to uh, me <laughs> wanting to risk it and you wanting to play it safe. Uh, you are the professional broadcaster, cynical, hardened journalist. You want to slow the game down, play it traditional, <laughs> play the foul game. That's fine. I want to take risk, baby. That's fine. That's fine. I, I did real quickly before we move on. I want to go back mm-hmm. to Kelly. Um, Weird game from Kelly, and you kind of went into that a little bit. Played 34 minutes, so right out of the gate, playing a lot. 3 of 12 is not a good shooting night. 1 of 7 certainly is not a good night from deep. 8 for 8 from the free throw line. (laughs) 4 steals, 3 blocks, 15 points, but at the end of the game having that reach, 5 fouls in this one. Just, oh, really good. Ooh, pretty bad. Ooh, pretty bad. Oh, really good. Like, I've been pretty critical of Kelly's defense all season long. Offensively, he's been great. There's no doubt about it. Defensively, I think there's been some pretty major issues, especially with his team defense. In this one, 
there were multiple times I thought, great play from Kelly, just getting a hand on it, just showing some effort, making the Celtics maybe get out of rhythm a little mm -hmm. bit, had four, uh, four steals, three blocks, like I mentioned. Um, man, just a weird game, not one I'm used to seeing from Kelly when he does impact in a positive way. Yeah, but I think you, if you look back at that second quarter, I, this game, I think Boston was primed to blow the Hornets out, honestly. I just didn't think the Hornets – I thought they started the game well – um, but but heading into that second quarter, I, I didn't feel I, I didn't feel very good about this game. And Kelly, his entrance into the game made me feel a lot better. And, and so yes, there were some there were some struggles. Uh, but I think when you take in you know the the holistic view on Ubre's game, I think he kept him in this one. And that's that's what you love about Ubre this season is that he hasn't been sort of one thing. Um, he, you know, he definitely has the one thing that they need him to do, which is shoot the basketball well, especially from outside. And he's he didn't do it in this game, but he's done that uh, over the course of this season. But he's also been able to impact games in different ways. Uh, so I've I'm excited for Ubre to get back into the groove. Tsunami Poppy, baby. Is yeah, that... I mean the, the eight for eight from the free throw line thing that'll help when your shot's not going right. If you just yeah. don't miss one single free throw. Then yeah, I mean, and you look at this. I I'm trying. I'm looking down pretty quickly at every other game that might have been the most free throw attempts he's taken on the season. He had eight against Portland on October 31st. He was only four of eight that game, and that's it. So this is tied for the most free throw attempts he's taken in a single game this year, and he hit every single one of them. So at least you did a good job there, and that's what you like to see. Shots not falling. I'm going to be aggressive. I'm going to get some fouls on me, and I'm going to hit every single one of them. So that was um, at least some good offense from Kelly Oubre coming back last night. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? You don't have to do that anymore. You can save time and money when using Rock Auto. Prices are reliably low for every single customer. So go explore their easy-to-use website site today to find the solution to your auto part needs go to rockauto.com right now all the parts available for your car right locked on in there how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need visit rockauto.com plenty more hornets talk coming up next about the game and moving forward maybe a standings check coming up in the last segment on the locked on hornets podcast this is locked on hornets i'm, I'm a little i like Listen, hold on. I, now, see, uh, I couldn't just blow by that one. Well, you had because this is what frustrates me. You know, I'm uh -huh. under the weather. You know, I'm not at 100 percent right now, and you're you're just taking it to me. You're like one of these people that knew Nick Batum had a hand injury, and they were just slapping his hand because it's like we're gonna get, we're gonna knock this guy's hand because we know he's injured, and that's what you're doing to me right now. But I just want to say, Sam, if you're listening, you're more than a numbers guy. You have heart. You have soul. You have agency. You are a person. Love you, Sam. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. All right, Doug, let's take a look at the NBA standings. Kind of interesting when you look at what is the play-in tournament right now. Charlotte is the seven seed. They're a game and a half back of Brooklyn, who's lost six straight. They're three and seven in their last ten. So Brooklyn, they're kind of reeling at the moment. Charlotte a game and a half back from them. They are a half game up from Toronto, who was the eight seed. Charlotte lost to Toronto just recently they're a half game up on boston now they just lost to boston last night they're also three games up on atlanta and they lost to atlanta <laughs> in this recent stretch atlanta's seven and three in their Not last good. 10 
Boston is seven and three in their last ten. Toronto six and four in their last ten. And here's one other interesting stat I want to mention. This is so Hornets, man. They they've done this. They are the only team in the play-in or playoffs that have a negative point differential. They're the only one. Like blowouts. It's because they've been blown out and they've blown teams out. Uh, That that that's the simple explanation for for what you see there. And and it makes that Celtics loss. particularly brutal uh, because the Celtics are on a roll. The Raptors are on a roll and and they are nipping at the Hornets heels. I mean, the Hornets are in this position now where a loss on a night can send them from seventh to 10th in the East. I mean, that's how close it is right now, or it's getting that close, especially if Atlanta gets on another hot run. Uh, And then the Nets are giving you, they're begging a team. The Nets are begging a team right now and the Cavs too, uh, the Cavs are seven and three in their last team. But they lost a game last night, so the I, and they they've lost several games where a little inexplicable loss. They're kind of teetering. Are they really contenders? Or are they not? So uh, there is a spot in the playoffs begging to be taken. And right now, the Raptors and the Celtics are making the better argument for that spot than the Hornets are right now. Yeah, and is Gordon you... <laughs> Hayward that important? Is Gordon Hayward that important? <laughs> well, uh, you tell me. Are, are you are you kind of getting talked into that, or are you just kind of know. disgusted I'm with it? Confused. Yeah, you know, Gordon doesn't play last night. I I think he would have helped. You know, like I know the people are going to be mad at me and say Walker is uh, Gordon Hayward is Walker's favorite player, even though I've tried to trade him a couple of times. Like, I think Gordon is an important player to this team. And if you want to use the cliche, I think it rings true that he's a steadying hand. I think there is some truth to Gordon Hayward when he doesn't play and you have more losses by a decent amount than you have wins. I actually think he helps you last night. And even specifically so because you had so many dudes go cold. Miles Bridges was not good in this one, right? Only eight attempts and only hit hit two field goals last night. Two of three from the free throw line. Didn't have any assists in, in 30 minutes. Just... Just not a good Miles game, you know. So if Miles doesn't have well, it, he got going, his lip busted. And yeah, that you know, I mean, it was bleeding pretty, pretty bad. It was no, um, no, you're right. It was. So, so I think that, Gordon, may have, that may have taken him out of his rhythm. You know, the thing is with Gordon. When I look at this game, I think if Gordon reduces the amount of Hornets turnovers mm-hmm. by two to three, it probably makes the difference in this game, honestly. And there were a lot of players having to handle the basketball that you probably don't want handling the basketball for as many possessions as they did. And I'm, I'm kind of like looking at PJ Washington who, who we've talked, we've talked yeah. about in several episodes, uh, likes to, likes to dribble the basketball a little Every too once much in and, a while. Yeah. And it's like, Oh man. And it, it so rarely works out. Um, so if Gordon reduces those possessions by a few, then the Hornets are probably in in a better position uh, than they are. But defend, look, do, you know, does he help them defensively in that third quarter where they got they got smoked? Yeah, so, I, I, I never know. right. I never think too much. Oh man, they're really struggling defensively. They need Gordon Hayward. I, I never really think that. I think you know, I, I don't think he's going to be this huge minus defensively. I just think that it's he's not the the guy. Hey, go guard Jalen Brown, who's torching us, or go guard whoever. God. On the other team, that's a we didn't even mention that by the way. In this Boston loss, you get another bad Jason yeah. Tatum game where he goes one of seven from three. Jalen Brown was good, but not like forty. You know, he didn't put a forty burger on us, which he's capable mm-hmm. of. Uh, this really was Marcus Smart and Josh Richardson, like the Boston bench, which I mentioned in the preview, is not good. 
uh, beats the Charlotte Hornets. Um, you know, just a, and just that's a been weird a game. Brutal that, game. Brutal that's loss. Been a, that, that's been a theme here recently. When they've not had the good performances, it's been the bench getting outplayed. Now, again, Jalen McDaniels not being in there helps. Not having your depth, at least early on, that doesn't that doesn't help you. Um, Jalen McDaniels being out hurts is what I should say. But, you know, Kelly's back. Hopefully he can knock off this rust and get back to contributing offensively a lot, just making shots. Once Gordon and Jalen come back, Gordon's out of the protocol, by the way. We haven't mentioned that officially, but he is out of the protocol. Hopefully he's back sooner than later. So I, I, the bench unit getting outplayed very frequently here recently, that hopefully will kind of stop some of their losing ways. The, the big question that I have coming out of this Celtics loss and in general as we approach the trade deadline is what is it going to take to get the Charlotte Hornets out of the endless middle and into the bottom of the top, as my friend Tom Wamsgam from uh, Succession would say? What is it going to take to get them into the bottom of the top, which is that sixth seed or fifth seed in the playoffs? Uh, because they've been stuck in the 7-8 position for so long. And you've seen teams like the Wizards and the Knicks. They got found out. <laughs> they were at the top of the standings, and all of a sudden now that they're at the bottom of the standings. But you've had other teams like the Bucks and uh, the Heat and the Sixers who struggled a little bit out of the gate, who have now risen to the, the yeah. where we all thought <clears throat> they would be, cream of the crop. But the Hornets, they've stayed right in that endless middle, and I'm ready to be out of it. And I hope that Mitch Kupchak, if you're listening – I hope you make a move at the trade deadline to get us out of this endless middle because I can't take it anymore. Well, I'm going to paint my face. That's out to Sean. <laughs> we know James Borrego talked about this. They've played a lot of teams that have been very good at rim protection. And to Robert Williams, who's very good at that, had three blocks last night. And one thing we did not mention, here are the Hornets going big at the starting lineup. So you have Miles Bridges start at the three. P.J. Washington starts at the four, and Mason Plumlee starts at the five. They went monstrous in this one. They didn't start Cody Martin, who just played 16 minutes in, in this game, and then Kelly you know, resumed his normal role coming back off the bench just being that sixth man. But Because here's the bottom line, Walker. The Hornets are a team right now that have to adjust to their opponent, whether it's changing the starting lineup or whether it's going to zone constantly through a game because you can't defend the rim. The Hornets have to adjust to their opponent. You know, that's that's what I'm looking for, for from a future Hornets team, whether it's, you know, at the back half of this trade deadline, the back half of the season or next season. To get, the Hornets need to get to a point where teams are adjusting to them. And, and and that's LaMelo Ball, too. LaMelo Ball, I think, in year three, that's the jumping off point. Can, can LaMelo Ball consistently provide the, the kind of aggressive production that we saw against Boston where, where teams are all of a sudden having to adjust to him as opposed to this team constantly having to adjust to well, their and, and I think some of that can be fixed, though, sometimes just by effort defensively. And what I mean by that is at the very beginning of this game, having a few days rest, by the way, transition defense was pretty awful. There was one possession mm -hmm. where there were like three guys jogging back while the Celtics are going full steam trying to find a basket. Oh, and they find one. And so if, if you're going to be a running team, which yeah. is some of the benefits of being small, and then you score because you're running so well, well, great. But then you don't get back on defense, and so you don't make them adjust because, well, if they're going to score this basket, we're just going to try to run too. And if they're so great in transition, we're just going to go get this easy bucket. We can keep up with them. And then in the half-court set, which is inevitably going to happen a lot, we'll just stop them then. Uh, by like, the way, by the way, Boston doesn't run. They're not a high-paced yeah. team. They don't run. <laughs> that, what that was was Boston, uh, to their credit – 
the coaching staff identifying that the Hornets have a giant weakness defensively with transition defense. Mm-hmm. They don't give maximum effort. They don't give maximum focus night in and night out with transition defense. And they said, all right, well, we don't run, but you can run against this team. We're going to pick on this team. What, that, th- th- there have been a couple of losses now th- that I've thought, man, the Hornets have gotten punked. They've gotten picked on, and, and I would include this loss as well. And, and you know, they, they fought back. You know, they, they were resilient they in this game. Uh, but but they've got to clean some of this stuff up um, and and make some make some moves that they I, I just don't feel like this team right now is a serious contender for the for the playoffs. One other thing, one other thing before we end, we had a big question coming into this game: Will James Booknight get minutes now that Kelly Oubre's back? <laughs> he did no, <laughs> he, he did not get those minutes. It was Cody Martin with sixteen, Kelly with thirty four, oh. and Nick Richards got minutes because they wanted to go big, played seven. And then didn't play much after that. I think had a like a foul. Here, let me pull up the box. Uh, yeah, Nick Richards had that one foul. He was a minus thirteen. Yeah, they went big. In the seven minutes. You know, they went big. I, yeah. I don't think you know. I don't think this is a definitive no. Like I think that there's a possibility we could see more more book night in the future if even with the Hornets being healthy, uh, depending on matchups, depending on if they need a little bit more offensive punch. Uh, and, and I think that to Book Knight's credit, he made the argument. It just yeah, isn't. It, it just wasn't strong enough uh, to justify playing him over over some of the veterans. So, so you got to be patient. Yeah. Um, tough schedule coming up. Cleveland at home. All, all of these games that are, are at home. So lots of spe- uh, spectrum center action going on. But here are your opponents. Cleveland. Got to tom- beat them. Cleveland tomorrow. Got to beat them. Then Miami the second night of a back to back on Saturday. Got to beat them. Toronto Monday, Chicago Take care of business. Chicago Wednesday, and <laughs> give me the space. <laughs> and then it starts to ease up. I mean, not not even really. You have the, the one break against Detroit on the road. Then it's Memphis on the road against Minnesota. Uh, you, they've taken care of Memphis. All right, that's an easy win. Easy okay. day. All right, there you go. Have it called by Doug. You can. Uh, are you so? I guess you won't even wear the big dub hat for that one then. Like if it's so easy, right? Yeah, I'll wear Memphis. the big dub hat if <laughs> I, I know Miami's lost three in a row. They're missing some players. I don't know what the status of the roster is going mm-hmm. to be, but I think a win against Miami, regardless of the roster, would be just mentally uh, helpful for the Hornets at this point. Um, so I would wear the big dub hat for that one. I don't know about Cleveland. No, not ready to give them dub. the big dub. Just wear it around Nashville if you want. You don't have to wear it in front of the show. Just wear the big oh, I've, hat. My, if I remember to pack it on my trip to L.A., I oh, remember to put right. it in the old suitcase. There you go. It's L.A., man. People are just going to think you're normal. All right, thanks for making Lockdown Hornets your first listen every single day. Make sure you check us out tomorrow. Fun Friday. David Walker going to be hopping back on. And I'm sure Doug and Dave will be talking about the Lamello shoes that Doug was able to get in his possession. Now, make Got your second him. listen. Lockdown Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Lockdown Bets is hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Thanks for subscribing. We have 1,000. Continue to march up to 1,500, 2,000, and beyond. We appreciate you hopping on. Have a great rest of your day.